It's the second annual Osprey Awards, where the biggest stars in podcasting and the Philadelphia Eagles come out for the glitz, glamour, and prestige of the best in Birds with Friends. Let's take a look at the red carpet. Look, there's Kamu Gruje Hill nominated tonight for Best Song. And there's last year's winner for Best Separating Player Defense, Patrick Robinson. You never know who will show up at the Ospreys. Why, there's the guy who ate horse poop during the Super Bowl celebration. And there's everybody's least favorite, Melvin's favorite actor, Sinbad. And hey, there's Concussion Uncle, dressed up in his finest, hiked-up old man gym shorts. It looks like he's talking to someone from foggy London town. What a hoot. And don't look now, but there's Cravon LeBlanc, nominated five times tonight. Hey, Strap, it looks like you put on your pants tonight. Answer us this one question. Who are you wearing? Well, that's enough of setting the scene. Let's head inside. It's time for the Ospreys. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing Shield in the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo will for you coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings you can't live up to expectations so just do your best that's what i tell myself in most life endeavors (laughs) just go with what you saw today change your opinion daily yeah i'm all about that you'll be wrong often but then you can just point back to when you were right no one will remember no one's listening please welcome tonight's master of ceremonies the balding Eagles reporter himself bo wolf Welcome to the second annual Osprey Awards. Applause, everybody, please. Thank you. Uh, Believe it or not, this podcast will be downloaded by thousands of people across the world. Birds with Friends has been downloaded in 98 different countries since its inception. That means that our Arabic listeners know the show is Hubba Balams. Our Norwegian listeners know the show is Kikerter. Our Japanese listeners know it's Garubanzo Mame and the extended hashtag Sports Indian Clan knows the show is decidedly Garbanza Bija. Uh, thank you to the Academy for inviting me back to host for the second year in a row. You know, I was re-listening to last year's show earlier, and it's striking how much has changed over the past year. Last year was really the, the Carson Wentz show. He was nominated a record 15 times and took home six separate Ospreys. This year, things are a little bit different. Carson is only nominated for a handful of awards, which coincidentally, I think a handful is what I heard he wants to give to Joe Sanaloquito. (laughs) Seriously, I heard uh, Carson decreed that all the turkeys he's hunting this offseason will be stripped of their names so that he can spend the next few months eating anonymously sourced meat. But really, I mean, come on. A locker room of 53 people, there's always going to be differences of opinion. We all know that. I mean, the only thing you can get an entire football team to agree on is that they like days off from practice, and they think Sinbad was great in first kid. It's funny, though. Last year, the Academy handed out an award for the thing that Bo and Scheel were most right about, and it went to them saying the Eagles were screwed when Carson Wentz was injured. 
I think it's safe to say there isn't a single election result in recent history that turned out so poorly. I was uh, warned by the big wigs not to get political tonight, but it is true that Donald Trump played a role in the Eagles' 2018 calendar year. Of course, you remember when he, was unin- when he uninvited the Eagles from their White House trip, when he found out the team would be sending a very small contingent of players. He acted like such an overgrown, whiny baby that even Sean Payton took off his diaper, threw away his pacifier, and decided to act like a grown-up again. Everybody is, of course, looking forward to the Super Bowl this weekend between the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Rams. On the one hand, you've got one of the most loathsome owners in professional sports, a head coach who thinks he's God's gift to football, and a quarterback who everybody knows is playing in his final Super Bowl. And then on the other hand, you've got the New England Patriots. Applause, yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, I do I do wonder about the rooting interest for Eagles fans this weekend, though. Do you root for the Patriots because them winning the Super Bowl would make last year seem even more impressive in retrospect? Or do you root for the Rams because the Patriots are just that hateable? I mean, they are the answer to the question, what if a Tiki Torch were a football team? They do love their, their white slot receivers, though, don't they? The smaller and whiter, the better. I actually heard they called up the Dolphins a couple of years ago, and offered a third-round pick for the cocaine <laughs> the offensive line coach was snorting. <laughs> the eye in the sky don't lie. <laughs> well, okay, but we're not here to talk about the Patriots or the Rams. We're here to honor the 2018 Philadelphia Eagles season. And what an odd year it was. The mystery started in training camp when no one could get their story straight on Carson Wentz's rehab. First, he's practicing 11-on-11, then he's shut down for two weeks. And this is all after the Eagles cleaned house of their medical staff and brought in a new team doctor from the Philadelphia 76ers, which is kind of like firing your entire accounting department and hiring Michael Kendricks to replace them. Then the Eagles had a pretty mediocre first half of the season. Of course, we all remember they kept blowing these fourth-quarter leads, like against the Titans and against the Panthers, the defense just kept getting worse and worse as time went on. It was, it was sort of like Chip Kelly's head coaching tenure, or I guess or Bill Cosby's reputation. Then, of course, there was the, the nadir of the season, the 48-7 donkey whopping at the hands of the New Orleans Saints, in which the whole team played badly. Guys kept getting hurt. Malcolm Jenkins flipped a bird, and Doug Peterson coached with all the aggression of someone who lets another person trade a middle seat for their aisle seat. And then to make matters worse, the macaw that broke the franchise's back when it was revealed that Carson Wentz had been playing through a back fracture. The season was all but over, but then we relearned a lesson that we never should have forgotten. Never, and I mean never, count out Nick Foles. The guy's ability to surprise you when he's counted out is even bigger than his commitment to the Lord. You know the rest, of course. (laughs) Foles led the Eagles to three straight regular season wins as the Eagles snuck into the playoffs, thanks in part to the ultimate Melvin, and then they went to Chicago to kiss some tutties and take out Mr. Biscuit, (laughs) 16-15. But the the magic ran out one week later in New Orleans as Alshon Jeffrey... Uh, made like Times Square on New Year's and dropped the ball. 
And that was it. But before we turn the page to the change that will come this offseason, for one more night, we look back on the best and worst from the 2018 Philadelphia Eagles. Ladies and gentlemen, a round of applause for my co-host tonight, Sheila Kapadia. It's good to be here. Thank you for that tremendous monologue that may or may not get you fired. We will see (laughs) once this episode airs. But you put in all the work for this. This is your baby. I've been excited all day. I've been uh, nervous with anticipation. So I'm here to follow your lead and excited to talk about the Ospreys. Very exciting. The second annual Ospreys, of course. Uh, Last year, I believe we promised that this year's Ospreys would be uh, in person. Uh, we're still working on that. So maybe the third annual Ospreys. But, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a day's work. I can't say that it was more than that, but, but here we are. I do want to say that tonight's show is sponsored by a loyal listener who wishes to remain nameless, but who made a uh, generous donation to Chris Long's Waterboys Foundation that I only just saw on our podcast email account a few days ago. So he knows who he is, but uh, he is the sponsor of tonight's show. Should we get to the awards, Shiel? Let's do it. The first award tonight, Best Separating Player Offense. And the nominees are Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, Nick Foles, Lane Johnson, and Alshon Jeffrey. Now you may Best. wonder why... Uh, why Zach Ertz is not nominated, I believe the Academy is of the opinion that he was in a starring role and not a supporting role this year. Oh, supporting. Okay. Separating, but yes, yeah, supporting. Yeah, this is, uh, this is all coming back to me a little bit. Okay. Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, Alshon Jeffrey, Nick Foles. Am I missing one? Lane Johnson, who was actually last year's winner. Was last year's winner. Uh, you know, I don't know that Nick Foles would be a uh, a separating actor. Well, if you look at the course of the season, right, he would certainly be. You know what? I will give it to. How about Jason Kelsey? Let, let's give Jason Kelsey some love. He started the year with the speech. Obviously, he, he played well. He played through all kinds of injuries. Uh, more importantly, he gave me time to write that feature, gave me accessibility so that I was able to write about him. I don't think he made the pro bowl, right? But he was named an all pro, but I think he certainly deserves the credit. And who knows that, you know, that might've been his last year playing football. So I think, uh, the Academy tonight wants to recognize it's not a career achievement award, but you certainly have to take some of those things into account. And, and that will be my vote. I forget. Do I just name? No, you. Then you tell me who the winner is, right? That's correct. I have the envelopes okay. here. Okay. Did I do that right? Uh, you know, I kind of forget. Yeah. Okay. That's. Right. I'll set you up. You discuss the nominees, okay. and then I will tell you who the winner is. Okay. All right. The uh, the envelope, please, and the Osprey for best supporting player offense goes to drumroll, please. Uh, it goes to Nick Foles. All due respect to to Jason Kelsey and Brandon Brooks, but I mean there is no better type of supporting performance than a guy who who steals who he's a scene stealer every time he comes onto the screen. Yeah, I think that's a bad job by the academy. I mean, how can a quarterback be 
a supporting actor. You know, the the guy wasn't heard from for uh, many weeks, most of the season. He comes in, yeah, so, and then he so had a starring for, uh, role. I don't uh, think tw- that you know, seventy five percent of the movie, he wasn't even on the screen. Yes, yeah, that what I, that that's not what I think of when I think of a supporting actor. But listen, I'm sure I'm going to disagree with many many of these <laughs> selections tonight. So this will just be the first, so I won't harp on it. This is Nick Foles' second career Osprey win. He won last year for worst performance in a game. All right, next up, best supporting player defense, and the nominees are Avante Maddox. Michael Bennett, Chris Long, Craven LeBlanc, and Rasul Douglas. I think this is a I think this is a pretty easy one. I'm gonna go with Avante Maddox. The rookie, nobody expected much from him in his first year. He comes in, he's able to play free safety when Rodney McLeod goes down. He's able to play nickel when Sidney Jones come, goes down. Then he plays outside cornerback uh, towards the end of the season, played very well at the end of the season, did not play so well in the playoffs, but I think he is sort of the definition of what this award is meant to be. Well, let's find out if you have a beef with the Academy again. And the Osprey for best supporting player defense, Patrick Robinson, last year's winner, will tell us who the winner is. It is, it is Avante Maddox. Okay. I think this was a, a two-horse race. I think you could make a case for Michael Bennett, but but I think for all the reasons you said, this is Avante Maddox's award. I agree. All right, next up. The Rags to Ostriches Award for Most Improved Player. Ooh. And the nominees are Isaac Siamalu, who went from... Depo- deplaced uh, starter to backup to newly starter and uh, potentially starter of the future. Wendell Smallwood, Kamu Gruje Hill, Rasul Douglas, and punter Cameron Johnston. What do you make of those nominees, Shield? I think it's pathetic that the Academy has a punter in this uh, in this category, but that's neither. Here did, nor did there. you have someone else who should have been nominated? No. As I was just going to tell the listeners, I did zero of the work putting together any of this, the awards, the categories. So I am speaking off the cuff here. I will. Go, I think this one's pretty easy. I will go with Rasul Douglas. I, I mean, you can look at most improved in a variety of ways, whether it's from last year to this year. I think you could even look at it from the beginning of his time this year to the end of his time this year. I thought drastically improved scheme helped him but he was playing with more confidence he was not a liability he has a chance to compete for some real playing time next year and so i think he is he is the winner to this category and the osprey goes to rasul douglas rasul douglas this is his first career osprey award i think uh, i think you can make a case for isaac siamalo if you were looking at just expectations entering the season versus how they ended up playing. But I think for the reasons you said, nobody improved more over the course of the season than Rasul Douglas, I would say. I think that's right. Uh, I agree. I'm looking here. It seems we do have some uh, some news here. Wow. I think this is an Osprey's first. Is this it is not? an Osprey's first. Now, I don't know what the, the source is because I'm seeing multiple people 
tweeted out. So, okay, this says the Eagles announced. Okay, the Eagles announced they have reworked Rodney McLeod's contract to keep him with the team in 2019. Wow, very interesting. Now, his cap it was at like 9 or $10 million, I believe, right? C- correct. Which I remember looking at because... It's the same as as Nelson Aguilar's. I think this is a I think this is a very smart move. I think it makes sense for both sides. I think so too. Uh, I think now you really have a lot of options in that secondary. You know, you would assume that Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod, uh, assuming uh, McLeod can get healthy, are going to be your starting safeties. You've got a lot of wiggle room with a lot of these cornerbacks. Avante Maddox may be the most. Uh, intriguing player there i mean he's got to be on the field one way or another is he your first team nickel is he an outside corner to start next season you have some flexibility now when you want to go to dime you can play maddox uh, mcleod and jenkins all three of those guys together yeah i think you don't even i i think right now if you're penciling it in you don't there's no need to go to big nickel because Dime is basically you, you've got Avante Maddox, who is sort of a third safety anyway, uh, and then you bring in you know Sidney Jones or Cravon LeBlanc or whoever. Um, I, I was thinking about this the other day. There's this there's this narrative that like okay the, this is the offseason the Eagles have to decide what what Avante Maddox is. I don't agree with that at all. They they don't have to make any decisions on of course Avante not, Maddox. No, uh, no, let, no, of yeah, course not. Can, I mean, he what what is so valuable is that he gives you the ability to not make any decisions. Yeah, and we know that somebody's going to get injured, right? You know, right. before the start of next season, you could have, who knows, maybe there will be a trade in the works. Maybe there will be uh, something else. Everyone's tweeting this out now. Now, the Academy, well, who are we tonight? We're still Birds with Friends hosts, right? Uh, yes. I have not gotten You're an not... email or text about this. Oh, so. that's interesting. Neither have I. Okay. I did uh, get the text about the Paul Warlow re-signing, though, so maybe, uh, you know, that's the important stuff. <laughs> I did too. Um, yep. There, the Eagles also brought in a, a new assistant offensive line coach. Very interesting. Guy with a weird name, I remember. Very interesting. Uh, I don't know if I would go that far. That was that was a, supposed to be a question. Oh, okay. Well, there you have it with the breaking news. But so far, it, it looks like we're doing a good job. I think we've gotten two of the three awards correct so far. You know, maybe I feel like the. The Academy was probably listening to me last year. I, I feel like I was very critical, uh, got some good press for the Ospreys, but maybe some bad press for the people making the decisions, and it looks like they're, they're doing a better job this time around. All right. Well, you make sure that you stay, you stay tuned to uh, or stay attuned to any, uh, any more developments as they break. As we say in the Capati household, will do, mildew. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> All right, next up, the Come Black Swan Award for Comeback Player of the Year. Last year's winner was Jason Kelsey. This year, the nominees are Jason Peters, Darren Sproles, Michael Bennett, Jordan Hicks, and Jordan Matthews. Not the most amazing array of nominees, I would say. Boy, this is a this is a sorry group. A bit of a down year for the Come Black Swan Award. Bit of a down year. No obvious choice. You know, boy, this is a tough one. I feel like here's my thought process. So I can't give it to Michael Bennett because 
I don't know that he was down far enough last year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think he had a good year, but I don't know that he, uh, you know, ro- rose from the ashes or anything like that. I think I'm going to give it to a bit of a surprise here and go with Jordan Matthews. All right. He, you know, he didn't, he didn't light the world on fire. I'm not saying he had a pro bowl caliber season or anything like that, but I thought he made some opportunistic big plays. This was a guy who I, I thought before the season, he may never play in the NFL again with some of the buzz going around with the knee injury and uh, the Patriots cutting him and all those things. I thought he came in, uh, he made some big plays. He was a good teammate. And so in a year where there is no obvious choice, uh, I think I think his story does qualify as a, a bit of a comeback. Now, let me ask you this. In the same vein that Rasul Douglas improved over the course of the season, does Darren Sproles coming back from not doing anything all year to be a bit of a factor at the end of the season weigh into your thought process at all? No, because I, th- I think the thought – I think his impact – was grossly overrated down the stretch. Mm. Okay, well, let's find out what the <laughs> Academy says. And the Osprey goes to... Jason Peters! What a mm. surprise! Interesting. Now, I, I would imagine that the Academy is thinking for a guy who's 36 years old, and he, too, came back over the latter half of the season to play a little bit more and a little bit better than he did in the beginning of the season... I think you're right about Jordan Matthews vis-a-vis expectations. I, too, would have thought that his career was over and he found a way to make an impact in those couple games in the middle of the season. But, I mean, we're still talking about a guy who had like 15 catches on the year. I don't, I don't know if that's Osprey's worthy. I think that's fair. I don't have a, a huge uh, gripe with this decision. You know, Jason Peters, when I was doing the Offensive player report card, which you can, of course, read on our biggest sponsor of the night, theathletic.com slash Philly. I mean, he played 79% of the snaps and started every game. In August, if, if, if I would have said to you, uh, Bo, Jason Peters, will you sign up for this right now if I can guarantee you that Jason Peters will play 79% of the snaps? I think you probably would have said, okay, that's, that will probably be good enough for me. This year, I think that's probably right. Uh, so a, gu- a guy that just turned 37 here, uh, I, I I don't think that's a a, a bad uh, a bad choice at all. And in a and in a decorated, likely Hall of Fame career, what a big night for Jason Peters! His first career Osprey Award. Mm. First came his first career playoff win, and I think this probably ranks a little bit ahead of that. I would imagine so. All right, next up, a fun award. We have the Cockatoo Good Award. For best performance by an opposing player. Ooh. And the nominees are Ryan Fitzpatrick, who went 27 of 33 for 402 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, and a 144.4 quarterback rating in week two in a 27 to 21 victory over the Eagles. We have Drew Brees for his performance. In the regular season, 22 of 30 for 363, four touchdowns, a 153.2 quarterback rating in a 48-7 victory. We have Saquon Barkley, who had 229 yards from scrimmage in, albeit, a 34-13 loss to the Eagles in Week 6. We have Amari Cooper, who had 10 catches for 217 yards and three touchdowns against the Eagles at Dallas, 
And finally, his teammate is nominated, Ezekiel Elliott, who had 187 total yards from scrimmage, including 151 yards rushing and two touchdowns total and a hurdle of Trey Sullivan against the Eagles in Philadelphia. Hmm. I got to say, just when you were mentioning those, none of those really stood out to me. I feel like there may was there like a defensive performance that we're missing? That's certainly possible. The Academy <laughs> has been known to uh, undervalue defense. Just like, you know, the, the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences, tends to devalue minorities. <laughs> exactly like that. <laughs> Because I, you know, you know the one that just popped in my head. Go ahead, Jadevian Clowney. I thought about it. I believe that he was nominated, but uh, just barely did not make the mm-hmm. did not make the line. He he did only have I, one sack in that game, but he did nearly wreck a game. He was a game wrecker. I thought in that uh, in that late season meeting against the Texans. I'm trying to think of some other. Defensive players. I can't remember how did Darius Leonard play. I think he he played very well. He I believe in that very game. Well. Right? He played. He, he okay. played very well in that game. He was so also I, on the short list. Okay, so I'm not crazy about this. The these Indianapolis nominees. the Indianapolis Colts sent out uh, sent out mailer for your consideration mailers for Darius Leonard. He was very close. Yeah, I think the academy got a little uh, you know got a little lazy here going with the offensive players. But having said that, I think I will go with a little Fitz magic. I think in that. Uh, was it a week, the week two game, right? I That's mean, he correct. was just lighting them up. They were playing some terrible coverages. They were doing their part to uh, screw things up. But at the same time, as Matt Collins would say, uh, children, uh, pause it here for the children. He was bombing on the asses. Mm. I know that's right. So uh, I think he's the choice, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And the Osprey. Do you know who won the Osprey uh, for this award last year? Oh my gosh, my memory is so your terrible. Boy, Let me think. Your boy Russell Wilson. Did he really? He did. Oh. And this year's Osprey goes to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Very good. For the reasons you said. There you go. All right, the natural follow-up. The Kaka You Suck Award mm. for worst performance by an opposing player. Now let me ask you, does a defensive player pop to mind for you here? An opposing defensive player who sucked it up against them? Yes, because the Academy, as we've said, struggles in this area. (laughs) I cannot think of one, no. Okay, well, then we move forward with uh, the nominees. Mark Sanchez, 13 of 21 for 100 yards, one interception, a 53.7 quarterback rating, and two sacks in a 28-13 loss against the Eagles. His teammate Josh Johnson, who also was terrible in the Week 17 finale, zero points for Washington. Cody Parkey for kicking the game potential game-winning kick too low, not for missing it, but for kicking it too low. Uh, Deontay Foreman of the Houston Texans in Week 16, seven carries for negative one yard (laughs) for Deontay Foreman. And finally... Jared Goff, 35 of 53 for 339 yards, one interception, no touchdowns, and two fumbles, and a 75.9 quarterback rating in a 23-30 loss at home to the Philadelphia Eagles. 
You know what? For this award, I feel like it can't be somebody who just sucks. It I, should be. I so- think I'm. I think I agree with that. I don't know if the Academy feels the same way. Okay. But I agree. I think it should be someone who you have some expectations for, but they sucked against the Eagles. And I think that guy is Jared Goff. He was terrible in that game. The Eagles defense played well, but I remember watching that film saying, oh, baby, he had some opportunities that he just totally missed. There's no way this team's going to the Super Bowl. And here we are. So I think Jared Goff is my choice for this award. I, I, I have some questions after you reveal the winner, by the way. Well, I do wonder if we should take this time now to think to, to, to talk about your expectations for Sunday's game. The big game, as it were. Uh, I honestly don't have a lot of thoughts on it. Okay. I, I haven't read a lot we about don't it. We not to waste any time. I haven't listened to a lot about it. So uh, the only thing that's making me nervous is the, is the line not moving enough. You know, what is it, two and a half? Uh, it's two and a half. I feel like the, mm. in my head... The Patriots should definitely win this game, and I think they have a chance to win this game big. But it seems like the gambling public, Vegas, maybe some sharps out there, don't feel the same way. I know the Patriots generally play very close Super Bowls. I have a feeling this is going to be the exception, but what do I know? I'm of the same opinion. Okay. And the Osprey for the Kaka You Suck Award for worst performance by an opposing player goes to... Jared Goff, congratulations to Jared Goff, his first career Osprey Award. Certainly the biggest accomplishment of his year. Okay. Uh, A slight detour here. Well, I have two questions. One is, are we doing the exact same categories that we did last year? Uh, There are, I would say it's about a 90% overlap, which definitely definitely helped uh, save time for the Academy. And not... And not that I'm looking to, like, get out of here or anything, but how many categories do we have? It's between 30 and 35. Oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So we'll keep it moving. But I have to say this. Did you see the Saturday Night Live skit with Nolens? I didn't see it yet. I forgot to look at it. Okay. Was it, like, very on – like, it was, like, basically exactly how you do it? It was – Listen, whoever you are listening out there that are on the writing staff of Saturday Night Live, we appreciate you as a listener. We wish you luck in your career. Some type of acknowledgement would have been can, nice there. Can we get know? a juice shout-out moving forward? Or, uh... I mean, this was unbelievable. I was watching it. it. Was, were you watching oh. live or you just uh, – no, I, I saw the guy was, who tagged us. Yes, whoever sent that to us via Twitter. Thank you. I did not see it live. They sent it to me. I watched it. I mean, the entire skit is basically based around how funny and fun it is to say Nolens. Wow, that's really. Like, I went down to Nolens. I thought it was a very, I thought it was a very funny skit, one of the you know funnier ones I've seen in a long time. Just wh- whoever you are, Burst with Friends listener on the Saturday Night Live writing staff, uh, please, you know, contact. Con- yeah. you, you know what? You don't even have to give us a shout out. We'll, we'll come. Maybe we'll come see a show. You know, hey, a couple tickets. Like a couple tickets will do. Yeah, we can do something like that. But um, you know, just just sort of connect with us so that it doesn't look like you're blatantly stealing uh, my material. And so, uh, everybody, go Google that, watch it, and let me know your thoughts. Okay, continue. All right. Next up, we have the Chicken Little Award for best short-lived storyline of the season. Last year's winner, of course, was the left guard rotation. <laughs> The nominees, 
Too Much Ertz. Josh Adams Workhorse. A late comer here, just in under the gun. Carson Wentz Clubhouse Cancer. We have Should the Eagles Bring Back John Filippo, And finally, the cornerbacks look really good in training camp. Mm-hmm. I think it's got to be Should the Eagles Bring Back John Filippo. Oh, interesting. I mean, I know I, sque- I was able to squeeze a post out of that, uh, that storyline by addressing it. And it seemed like people were very interested. And I think less than 24 hours after my post, Doug Peterson shot it down in a press conference. So what gets and so more, he didn't even talk to the guy. Yeah. So what gets more short-lived uh, than that? So uh, that, that would be my choice. And the Osprey for the Chicken Little Award for Best Short-Lived Storyline goes to Too Much Ertz. Maybe I disagree. It wasn't, with- well, maybe it wasn't as short-lived as you would have liked. Exactly. But that is the best. That is what we will remember from this season. Well, that's because of your uh, annoying practices during games. Well, the Academy pays attention to what goes on in the press box. Okay, just Academy, let's get better descriptions for your awards. Short-lived, I mean, it came out, what? But best short-lived, not shortest-lived. It came back. It's not shortest-lived, it's best short-lived. But it's not short-lived, it's long-lived. No, that was about a third of the season, that's short-ish. It's still it's still continuing. Okay. All okay. right. Continue. Now that right. I found we have 35 awards, I'm going to try to keep this moving. Uh, this is a pretty straightforward award. We have the Rook of the Year award. Rook is a bird, rookie of the year. This is this is a stacked category, Mr. Capadia. The nominees are Avante Maddox, Dallas Goddard, Josh Adams, Josh Sweat, and Joe Ostman. Got to be Avante Maddox. Boy, he's having, he could be having a big night here. Mm, Avante tough now. Avante no ball. Avante love ball. And the envelope, please. And the Osprey for Rook of the Year goes to... It does go to Avante Maddox. Congratulations. That is Avante's second Osprey win of the night. Mm. All right, the next... Award. We have the Ugly Duckling Award for the person who most surpassed expectations. And the nominees are Avante Maddox, Nick Foles, Wendell Smallwood, Michael Bennett, and Cravon LeBlanc. Mm. Well, this is an easy one for me. This has to be Strap. You know, I feel like. He came in. We had no uh, – legitimately, I had never heard of this person. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's playing big snaps. He develops into a bigger role. Loved the way he played, his competitiveness, his feistiness. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the great piece you wrote about him after – what was it? The, was it a Giants game? I forget yes, what game that the, was. He made the stop in the end zone on Odell Beckham. That was you know, borderline. A foul, but it wasn't called, so it wasn't a penalty. It was the call, and his uh, you were able, you did a terrific job, and got his personality to really shine through there. And I thought it continued uh, the rest of the season. I really feel like if he gets any sponsorship opportunities this off season, he should give you a little cut because uh, I feel like fans really fell in love with this guy. Um, 
and you you were the first one to introduce uh, us to him. So yes, I will go with Craven LeBlanc. And the Osprey for do you know who won this award last year? Most surpassed expectations. Most surpassed expectations. Now we did this before. What we did this after the regular season last year? Yes, it was. It was. In, I believe it was. It, it was either before week seventeen or before the or or during the uh, bye week. Let's see. Was it? It was a bit off the board. It was Doug Peterson. Oh, I was going to say Nelson Aguilar. Mm. Uh, well, this year's award for the Ugly Duckling goes to the man who puts his pants on just like everybody else, Cravon LeBlanc. Mm. Strap, congratulations on your first Osprey victory. Big night for the secondary so far. I know that's right. Next up, we have the Bustard Award for the player or person who most underachieved. And the nominees are Jason Peters, Haloti Nada, Jordan Hicks, Golden Tate, and Sidney Jones. Mm. This comes down to a two-person race, in my opinion, between Golden Tate and Sidney Jones. Mm. I thought you would, I thought you might be interested in I'm back. Uh, go go read our free agency grades. We had no expectations for him. That's fair. I mean, did you actually do- go back and read our free agency grades? No, I'm telling people okay. if they would like to. That was one of the things we got correct. I feel like in the okay. off season. I wonder uh, what we. Gra- I wonder what scale we graded him on. I don't really wonder that. Are you, do you think will you will you buy in on doing that again this year? No comment. <laughs> I will go with. I'm going to go with Golden Tate. You know, we we could we argued about the big of you, big of you about whether it was wise to give up that compensation, but I think even throwing that aside just uh him not having an impact once he joined the team and really I mean he he had the game winner against the Bears. That's really the only impact play I can remember from well, the guy. Well, he had the other play in that game. Down the field when he got yes hit. yes okay so one game out of when did he join like he the, was on the team for longer than you remember he was he was on the team for half the season yeah right so didn't have an impact except for one game that feels like uh, the award winner to me and the Osprey for uh, the Bustard Award goes to it goes to Golden Tate Sidney Jones I think you can make a case for but. Uh, Injuries more of a factor for him than, than with the guy who cost the third-round pick. Agreed. Uh, next up, we have an interesting award, a bit of a undefined award. This is the Golden Fruit Dove Award for the player with the most juice. And the nominees are Fletcher Cox, Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey, Avante Maddox, and a bit of a surprise, Boston Scott. <laughs> a bit of a surprise? <laughs> <laughs> I am going to go with Fletcher Cox. I thought he had an outstanding season. I thought his energy level was high throughout. You know, there are times in the past where it felt like he was a great player, but I wouldn't have described him as someone 
who brought a lot of juice. I think that was different this time around. Anytime a defensive lineman or a defensive player did something positive, I feel like he was right there congratulating them. We remember the uh, story with Jalen Mills getting into it with, I, I forget who that was. Mm. Was it Adam Thielen, I Good believe? Point. In that Vikings game, and Fletcher Cox come over, comes over and says, get your but on the uh, line of scrimmage and line up for the field goal. And I do, I do believe, you know, I think sometimes the leadership narratives are uh, overrated, overblown. I don't think that was the case for Fletcher Cox this year. I think he took a legitimate leap in that locker room in terms of his role. Yeah. In terms of his role, his standing, his voice, all those things and his play on the field. He was their best player. He was their best player for the entire season and so I think it's about time we recognize him tonight. The envelope, please. And the Osprey. For the Golden Fruit Dove, the player with the most juice goes to Fletcher Cox. Would you wow. believe this is Fletcher Cox's first Osprey Award? Oh, he's been disrespected by the Academy for years. I've been saying that. You have been saying that. Congratulations kind of, yeah. to Fletcher Cox. Okay. The follow-up, the Beautiful Fruit Dove Award... For the game with the most juice. Mm. And the nominees are the playoff game against the Saints. The playoff mm. game against the Bears. Week one against the Atlanta Falcons. Week four at Dallas. Or week 14, sorry, at Dallas. And week eight, London against the Jaguars. Wait, now this is... The game that had the most juice going in? Because I feel like you missed the game that had the most juice. Well, this is the game that had the most juice counting going in and during the game. Now, you may be wondering why the game in Los Angeles was snubbed. Oh, that's the game. But that game did not have as much juice going in, if you remember. The Eagles were 13-point underdogs. Certain people decided they didn't even need to watch the game because the outcome was so obvious. I understand, but what happened during that game outjuiced anything else. I mean, they went on the road. Their season was over against a team okay, that eventually uh, got to the Super Bowl. I have, I, hold on. I'm an underdog. Somebody from and the they academy. Went in there and stuck it to them. Somebody in the academy is in my earpiece here. They've. Oh, I was given the wrong envelope. I apologize. Week 8, London against the Jaguars is not nominated. It is indeed. Week 15 against the Rams as a nominee. That's a great move because the the London game had no juice other than the reporters who were very excited to be in London for the London I game. I believe that's exactly right. Now, I think it comes down to the Rams game, and it comes down probably – I think you can always argue either of the playoff games. I feel like the Bears won specifically. It felt like they were, you know that, that was just uh, a lot of juice going in there. But I'm going to stick with the Rams game. I think when I think of this season, even when you first announced the category and I thought in my head, what's he going to go with? That was the first game that popped into my head. So that's going to be my choice. And the Osprey goes to the playoff game against the Bears. (laughs) Because not only did it have juice during the game, it had juice going in all week. The juice was flowing before, during, and after. That's fair. I'm fine with that. All right. Next up, we have the Brief Turkey Award for Worst Individual Game Performance. And the nominees are 
Jim Schwartz for his performance against Tennessee in week four. Mm. Corey Graham for his performance against Tennessee in week four. Carson Wentz for his performance in week 11 at New Orleans, in which he went 19 of 33 for 156 yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions, and a 31.9 quarterback rating. Sidney Jones for his performance in week 14 at Dallas. And Alshon Jeffrey for his performance in the playoffs against the Saints. Oh, how dare you. You know, I think that I'm trying to think of who the nominees were. I'm stalling. (laughs) Alshon, Sidney Jones, who I don't believe will win this category. Carson Wentz for his putrid performance against the Saints. And then the duo from the Titans No, okay, I got it. Corey Graham and Jim Schwartz. Corey Graham. It's Corey Graham. For the fourth and 15 that he gave up there. That that felt like a season-defining play when it looked like the Eagles were going nowhere. You thought that you think that was worse than Jim Schwartz busting out that Garbanzo Beans defensive scheme? The thing is, I feel like Jim Schwartz redeemed himself, and he gets criticized for stuff that he shouldn't be criticized for, and he really was part of the key to them getting their season around, turning their season around. So I'm taking all that into account and uh, going with a veteran player like Corey Graham not knowing what he's supposed to do in that very basic coverage on a 4th and 15. It's hard to know which feeling you feel stronger, your love for Sean McVay or your hatred for Corey Graham. I don't hate Corey Graham. (laughs) No, but you do find ways to continuously throw him under the bus. No, Jim Schwartz does that. And the Osprey for Brief Turkey Worst Individual Game Performance goes to... Corey Graham. Oh, very good. Next up, we have the Wally Pippett Award for Best Injury Fill-It. And the nominees are Cravon LeBlanc, Avante Maddox, Rasul Douglas, Nick Foles, and Stefan Wisniewski. (laughs) (laughs) Stefan Wisniewski. It's a bit of a it's a four it's a four horse race, but you need a fifth you need a fifth nominee. Well, this is a good example of sort of the story of the season. I mean, there's a lot of worthy nominees here. Season looked over. Going to week fifteen, suddenly it was not over, and it got fun. And I think it has to be Nick Foles. You know, granted, the playoffs, specifically the final game against the Saints, he was not good. But, man, that three-game stretch to end the season against the Rams, Texans, and Washington, by pretty much every statistical measure, he was uh, the best or among the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And so he gave he injected some life into the season, and I think he's the winner here. And the Osprey for Best Injury Fill-In, the Wally Pippet Award, goes to Nick Foles. Perhaps a bit overqualified for the category, but you can make a, you, you know, Cravon LeBlanc, Avante Maddox were fantastic, but uh, at that position, tough to do better than Nick Foles. Very good. Yep. Next up, we have the Egrets. I've had a few award for Worst Decision of the Year. And the nominees Shiel are... Kapadia agreeing to do the Ospreys podcast. And the nominees are signing Haloti Nada, fully guaranteeing Marcus Wheaton's contract in week one, 
expecting Corey Nelson to win the weak side linebacker job. Trading a third-round pick for Golden Tate. And finally, Doug Peterson's turtling in New Orleans during the regular season. Mm -hmm. A lot of good options here. The Marcus Wheaton one is the one that really irks you, I know. Mm. You just can never get over that. I'm guessing your influence with the Academy probably has Golden Tate, the Golden Tate trade winning this. I have no influence with the Academy. They are independent. But I am going to go with Doug Peterson turtling up in that first Saints game. That was very disappointing. Crushed him for it. Out of character. Showed showed no real... um, It seemed like he didn't know what was going on with his team at the time. And so uh, I will give it to him. What's interesting is that he won the award last year for being so conservative in Seattle. Mm. Can he win in back-to-back years? And the envelope, please. The Osprey goes to trading a third-round pick for Golden Tate. Eh, not a surprise. D- Doug Peterson may have been may needed to should have been more aggressive in that game, but they still would have got, would have lost. Whereas it would be nice to have a third-round pick right now. All right, next up we have the Under Their Wing Award for Best Off-Season Edition. Now, it's important to note here that uh, draft picks do not are not eligible for this award, and it is a interesting story of what the Eagles offseason was like when you look at the nominees here. The nominees are Michael Bennett, Leroy Reynolds, DeAndre Carter, the 2019 second-round pick the Eagles acquired for moving down in the draft, and Gunter Brewer. What was the category? Best off-season acquisition? Best off-season edition. That's all there was? Who else you got? Boy. What a terrible off-season. Mm-hmm. Michael Bennett. That's easy. He was fantastic. And the Osprey goes to Michael Bennett. That was a runaway category. Boy, that's it. I did not realize it was that... Uh, Pretty dire. Yeah. That feel that I almost feel like we need to write about this. <laughs> well, <there you> go. <laughs> How terrible last off seasons was. I mean, they did. There weren't a ton of busts. Yeah, but I mean, you know, they, they didn't try to bring in a bunch of guys. But you know, Corey Nelson, Haloti Nada, Mike Wallace, mm-hmm. some strikeouts. As Chris Berman would say, that is Carl Slim Pickens. Mm. Okay, continue. Will do, mildew. Next up, we have the Under the Wing Award for Best In-Season Edition. And the nominees are Cravon LeBlanc, Golden Tate, Jordan Matthews, Trayvon Hester, and Boston Scott. Well, if you read my Eagles defensive report card, you'll see that Trayvon Hester basically had the same production as Haloti Nada. Hmm. But he is not going to be the winner. It's Strap. Come on. That's easy. I mean, say what you will about Strap. Trayvon Hester single-handedly changed the outcome of the game. That's true. So he had a much bigger impact than Haloti Nada. And the Under the Wing Award for Best In-Season Edition goes to... Craven LeBlanc, his second award of the evening. Strap it big on, night. big fella. 
All right, next up we have the Uncle Quacker Award for Best Performance by an Uncle. Ooh. And the nominees are Concussion Uncle, mm. TV Uncle, mm. Room Service Uncle, oh. English Accent Uncle, and not to be confused with TV Uncle, we have TV Expert Uncle. What a year for the uncles, huh? Mm. I've, I, this is a, an award where the Academy is worried that it forgot an uncle. Well, nobody comes to mind right away. I think the two big ones were Concussion Uncle and TV Uncle. Both, you know, I feel like when we run into people or interact with people, who enjoy birds with friends. I feel like those two guys are brought up quite a bit. I'm going to go with concussion uncle. It was, uh, you know, it, it wasn't season long, but I thought that really helped us get through the dog days of August there in training camp. Hmm. We'll see if the Academy agrees and the envelope, please. The award for uncle quacker best performance by an uncle goes to, uh, it goes to TV uncle. TV uncle, the man who cares about his birthday more than anybody else. Yeah. It's, I would imagine that someone who cares about their birthday this much would care a lot about an Osprey Award. You think Doug Peterson worked today? Do I think he worked today? Wasn't today his birthday, Doug Peterson? Oh, uh, good, good question. Yeah. I bet he did work. Okay. Maybe not much, but... This is, by the way, is TV Uncle's first Osprey Award. <laughs> yeah, I think that goes without saying. <laughs> All okay. right, and now. How old do you think Doug Peterson is? Um, 47. Oh, the hair fooled you, huh? 51. That was pretty close. Well, I guess, kind of. Not really. I mean, that's pretty close. I mean, the guess would have had to have been between, like, 45 and 55. I guess. Like, no, what, 90% of the voters would guess within that. Yeah, I suppose that's spin. true. Okay. Still, All right. I mean, fairly close. Eh. All right, it's now time for a performance from this year's winner for the Songbird Award for Best Song, Kamu Chameleon. Kamu, 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 guru, hill. He'll be the will. He'll be the will. Some blowback on your uh, report card for Kamu, guru, hill. Yeah? Yeah. You gave him an approaches. What, what did you give him? Meets? Expectations? Yeah. I think you can make a case for exceeds. You can make the case. Uh, the, the, you know what? What's funny is that the, there was only one that I, I thought you were uh, 95% right. There was only one I objected to. Okay. Who you got? It was Nigel Bradham. What did I give him? You gave him, I believe, approaches expectations. I would have given him meets expectations. Really? We spent most of the season talking about how he wasn't doing anything. Yeah, but he was good at the end of the year, and he's still like he played Well, kind of. of snaps, Not like... in the last game. He was terrible. All right. All right. Yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. But he wasn't like he wasn't like detrimental. He just like wasn't making splash plays. 
Right, but he did just sign a nice deal in the offseason. I feel like the expectations yeah. could have been a little bit higher than last year, and he probably played a little bit worse than last year. All right, you might be right. Although, as I pointed out, his numbers were very similar. As you, you were first to point this out earlier in the season. That's right, that's right. I, I did the season-long one, and uh, they still, they, they were very similar to what they were a year ago. Yeah. And let's, you know, don't, let's not get it twisted. I did not put much thought into that. <laughs> Okay. Any of those. You subscribe yeah. to The Athletic with your hard-earned yeah. money. Athletic.com slash Philly. All right. It's time now to go through the awards that were awarded at an earlier date, the uh, the technical awards. The Nobel Geese Flies Award for Work in the Community went to Malcolm Jenkins for the second year in a row. The Osprey for Emu Solani Excellence in Performance by a former youth hockey player went to Jason Kelsey for the second year in a row. The Win Some, You Lose Some Award for the thing we were most wrong about goes to Bo Wolf for his thinking the Eagles had no chance in Los Angeles against the Rams. The award for person being most right goes to Bo Wolf for his defense of the defense in the first flock trial. The Goose Almighty Award for most evangelical eagle went to Nick Foles. The Stork Award for Delivery of the Year went to Sloane Berman, the daughter of Zach Berman. The It's Not About the Squalls, It's About the... Dot, dot, dot. Award went to Doug Peterson for the Fake Philly Special on the two-point conversion in Chicago. The Flyer Flyer Pants on Fire Award went to Bo for uh, not sending T-shirts to the listeners who have them coming. And finally, the Taste... Of Detweet Award for best performance by a loyal listener goes to our friend Lauren at Wild Farm Wines, who hooked both uh, Sheila and I, me, Sheila and me, up with a delightful sample of their best offerings. Uh, Wild Farm Wines, delicious table wines. The Syrahs were fantastic. The Heritage, which he told me dates back to a vineyard planted by William Tecumseh Sherman and Joseph Hooker, before the Civil War, he also taught me that uh, the term Hooker for a lady of the night is named after Joseph Hooker. I didn't know that. Uh, so if you find yourself a loyal listener out in, the, uh, in wine country, Wild Farm Wines, they will, uh, they will hook you up with a delicious sampling and you know, drop, drop the uh, Birds with Friends knowledge. What a and treat the, that was! Absolutely, that was you know a sampling doesn't give give it justice. You're right, I mean, you're these right. were uh, full. It was like cases. I felt like it was. Uh, I would say, without a doubt, the best thing that has come from this podcast, from my point of view. Hundred percent. And the uh, the Mrs. K enjoyed the rosé. I'll tell you that much. Mm, I know that's right. Mm-hmm. All right, back to the awards. The unnecessary award for least essential player who spent the entire season on the 53-man roster. And the nominees are Matt Pryor, Haloti Nada, Chance Warmack, DeAndre Hall, and Shelton Gibson. Least essential, huh? I think I'm going to go with Chance Warmack. I like the guy, but my gosh, what they paid him to be, what, like the fourth guard with no positional mm. versatility? 
really didn't make any sense. I, I think, you know, you can tactically give it to Matt Pryor, but you can see the thought process there. The Warmack one was a bit baffling. And the Osprey for least essential player on the 53-man roster goes to Shelton Gibson. Oh, Shelton how Gibson dare you. For a team starved of a speed threat on the outside. He finished the year with one catch. And he gets the award. Okay, Next up, we, we have the Pterodactyl Award for the best performance by a player 31 years or older. And the nominees are Jason Peters, Michael Bennett, Chris Long, Malcolm Jenkins, and Jason Kelsey. Sorry, I was looking at a photo on Twitter. Can you repeat the nominees? The, the nominees were are <laughs> Jason Peters, Michael Bennett, Chris Long, my, Malcolm Jenkins, and Jason Kelsey. Let's give it to Malcolm Jenkins. I think this is the type of award he totally deserves. He did not miss a snap all year. He played an additional 130 snaps on what special teams. What weird picture were you looking at on Twitter? It was, uh, it was Sam Hinkie. Do the Eagles play the Warriors tonight? Was it that Mr. Peanut picture that's been going around? No. What's that? Hmm. I'll, I'm not going to explain. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Malcolm Jenkins, very valuable to this defense, played, you know, pseudo linebacker in their dime package, played both safety spots, can play, uh, cover the, cover the slot, tremendous leadership skills, didn't miss a snap. And, you know, he went on that, uh, what did he, what was he on a vegan diet? So I'll give him a little shout out. Yeah, Even though I'm, I'm a vegetarian, I'm a vegetarian, not a vegan, just to clarify, but you know, he's, 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 uh, he would like no. He couldn't have a caprice. Oh, poor guy. Well, okay. yeah. He's he he admits that he he uh, he's not devout. Okay. All right. All right. And the Osprey for best performance by a player thirty-one years or older goes to Michael Bennett. In a bit of a surprise, uh, I, I believe the Academy would think here that Malcolm Jenkins is thirty-one. So while he is technically. Uh, Allowed to be nominated. He is on the low end. He gets a little bit less credit. You're right. He did play every snap, but Michael Bennett, a little bit older and uh, pretty productive. Michael Bennett, 10 sacks, playoffs included. 30 quarterback hits, tied for fourth league-wide. That's pretty good. 15 tackles for loss, led the team. Next up, we have the Owl Be Better Award for a player most likely to take a, a big step forward in 2018. Would you like to guess who won this award last year? Not really. Okay. Derek Barnett is the answer. And the nominees are Dallas Goddard, Sidney Jones, Derek Barnett, Mac Hollins, and Jordan Mailata. These, this award and the next award are the two awards that are, that are forward looking as opposed to looking back. I think Derek Barnett's going to be a back-to-back winner. Mm, interesting. I mean, I don't have the faith in, in Sidney Jones. Jordan Mailata, you know, if you want to gamble on the upside, but I don't think he's the most likely. Dallas Goddard, you know, I can just uh, imagine us doing a podcast in like week 14 where it's like, this is the week they're really, I mean, their 12 personnel package is really, it does. I know, it does feel like I the know they went to it the down kind the stretch, of thing that's going to like, that is going to last forever. It, it really yeah. does. 
I mean, he could. I, I think he should get more opportunities. So I, I think Goddard could be, but I, I'm going to go with Barnett. And the Osprey for I Will Be Better goes to Derek Barnett, a surprising back-to-back winner. But uh, congratulations to him. A worthy one. Next up, we have the flip side, the Exit Stage Flight Award for a player most the team most needs to replace in 2018. And the nominees are Darren Sproles, Mike Wallace, Haloti Nada, Rodney McLeod, and Jason Peters. I think this comes down to Sproles or Mike Wallace. I'm going to go with Darren Sproles. I think running back is where they need to upgrade with a young body. Hopefully somebody who can contribute in the passing game as well. And so I think that's the choice. And the Osprey goes to... Interesting. The Osprey goes to Haloti Nata. Oh, give me a break. Who cares about these run-stuffing defensive tackles? Least important position. But it's not a run-stuffing. It's just a second defensive tackle uh, that the Eagles need to replace. Darren Sproles, certainly they need to replace, but it's not the... It's not the you know, second or third running back they need to replace. It is the first running back they need to replace. So maybe Jay Ajayi. Well, he was acting as the he he was Mike acting Wallace as the first himself. Back. The idea of Mike Wallace needs to be replaced, but he himself obviously brought nothing to the table. Haloti Nada, they need like something from another person next to Fletcher Cox. The Academy may not always get it right, but he is the winner. Yeah, that's that's a terrible job. That is the award for the worst. Jason Peters also could could be a worthy winner. No, because Jason Peters was fine. I mean, he wasn't great, but he I would say he was above average when he played. I mean, defensive tackle. If Trayvon Hester had to, had to start at defensive tackle next year, would that be the end of the world? I mean, it wouldn't be the end of the world, but it would be fine. not good for the team. I mean, maybe. Okay, I mean, it's it's not that important relative to the rest of the world, but bingo. <laughs> All right, next up we have the Canary Near the Goal Line Award for Best Red Zone Touchdown, and the nominees are Nick Foles to Golden Tate against the Bears in the playoffs from two yards out, Carson Wentz throwing across his body for a 13-yard touchdown against the Giants to Ashawn Jeffrey. Darren Sproles' 14-yard run against Washington, in which Jason Kelsey had the double block. Wendell Smallwood's spinning nine-yard touchdown run against the Rams in Los Angeles. And Nick Foles' touchdown pass to Dallas Goddard against the Bears in the playoffs. Gotta be Foles to Tate. That's an easy one. And the Osprey goes to Nick Foles to Golden Tate against the Bears. Next up, we have the Flocker Room Award for the best player to interview in the locker room. And the nominees are Camus Grugier-Hill, Nate Gary, (laughs) Malcolm Jenkins, Brandon Brooks, and Brandon Graham. Is this the best person for you to interview? Mm, no, but it's the Academy. Lane Johnson doesn't make the list, huh? Mm, Nate Sudfeld also scratched at the last second. Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey don't make the list. Who else? Uh, 
of that group, I mean, Malcolm Jenkins is a little too obvious. I'm going to go with Brandon Brooks. He always adds a little, little bit of color. Uh, he thinks about the his responses. He thinks about the questions. Usually curses a few times. I think Brandon Brooks does a better job than anybody in the locker room of actually thinking about the question that is asked and responding in kind. I agree. So he should be rewarded. He should. And the Osprey for best player to interview goes to Brandon Graham. Oh, a bit of a surprise. What? Really? Yes. Interesting. I, I would imagine that this is, this is you know, the Academy is, is want to do this in situations like this. Somebody on their way out, potentially. Last chance to give them an award. Brandon Graham may not be may not be eligible for any Ospreys moving forward. This is a bit of a, uh, if I'm reading between the lines, a, a parting gift. Okay. A, b- a bad one, but okay. Okay. We have the Pelican Bay Award for best... Uh, ha- I, I've been really holding off asking. We're how many about more eight. Do we we've have? got about eight left. Okay. All right. This is the uh, best BFFs. Hmm. So the best pair of BFFs on the team. The nominees are Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks, Chris Long and Fletcher Cox, Carson Wentz and Jordan Matthews, Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz, and Nick Foles and Jason Kelsey. I think Brandon Brooks and Lane, Lane Johnson. They're the most fun of that group. And the Osprey goes to Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks. Very good. Next up, we have the Shields Dovebird of oh. the year. And the nominees are? What is this? This is your, uh, your biggest love interest. Oh, my love bird. Okay. Dovebird, yes. The nominees are Sean McVay, Frank Reich, Jason Kelsey, Mike McCarthy, and Norv Turner. That's easy. Frank Reich. And the Osprey goes to Norv Turner. Congratulations to Norv Turner. This is his first Osprey Award. It is only fair that the next category is the Bose Dove Bird of the Year. Oh, shouldn't I shouldn't I have been able to name the nominees for you this? Let's can, see if you but I believe anybody. I believe Go that ahead. they have been fair. The nominees okay. are Mike McCarthy, Frank Reich, Pat Shermer, Boston Scott, and DeAndre Carter. Oh, you left out Sean McVay, huh? We had a great review that said, even as one of Bo's minions, he can see that Sean McVay is your boy. Although I guess you got that Super Bowl pick right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's got to be Pat Shermer from start to finish, your boy. I can't wait to do predictions next year when you pick them to, like, go to the NFC Championship game. And the Osprey for Bo's Dovebird of the Year goes to? It is only fair. It goes to Pat Shermer. Mm. What's fair? What's as as we say here at the Academy? What's good for the goose is good for the gander. All right. Before we get to the big final five awards, um, it is important, as always, as we do on these shows. Uh, it's important that we take a moment, despite this being about celebration, to remember the people who we lost. 
in 2018 who meant so much to us <laughs> and the Eagles world at large. Uh, let's 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 take a second here. That's everybody. Just John McCain and Aretha Franklin. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Are you alive over there? Uh, I was really trying to pause and hope that I could get it in without laughing, but didn't wasn't it wasn't gonna happen. All right, Sheila, we're at the big five. Thank the Lord. First up, we have the Palm Doriel. For best team performance by the Eagles, the nominees are the Eagles win in Chicago during the wild card round of the playoffs, 16-15 over the Bears. The Eagles loss in the second round of the playoffs against the New Orleans Saints, 20-14. The Eagles win in Week 15 in Los Angeles, 30-23. The Eagles 34-13 win over the Giants in Week 6. And the Eagles 32-30 Victory over the Texans in Week 16. I think it's the Rams or the Bears. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Bears game. That's a playoff game. You're on the road. The defense really led the way, but then started to not play so well down the stretch. Then the offense comes in against the best defense in the NFL, puts together a drive, wins the game. I will go with the Bears game. And the Osprey for best team performance goes to the Eagles win in week 15 over the Rams. Oh, my God. The reverse of the game with the most juice. You Terrible. went one way, the, the, you zigged, the committee zagged. Hopefully they'll do better next year. Hmm. I think that makes sense, though. No, it that was a They were bigger underdogs. That, that was a more surprising full team performance, whereas... The Bears game, you know, they, there was every reason to expect that they could win that game. Uh, next up, we have the Gullet Surprise for the best play. And the nominees are Nick Foles' touchdown pass to Golden Tate on fourth down against the Bears. Trayvon Hester's fingertip block against the Bears. Uh, Nick Foles' 83-yard touchdown pass to Nelson Aguilar against the Houston Texans. Sidney Jones hopping over a block and then making a tackle against the Colts. And Cravon LeBlanc's leaping interception on the first play of the game from scrimmage against the Saints. Mm. Well, Foles to Tate already won the award, probably should win the award. No, it was for best red zone touchdown. So there are some nominees here who were not eligible for that. Yeah. In fact, all of them. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with Foles to Tate. And the Osprey for Gullet Surprise for the best play goes to mm, 
this is interesting. We have a tie. That's this is an Osprey's first. It's the Nick Foles touchdown pass to Golden Tate and Trayvon Hester's fingertip lock. Okay, I think that's fair. Congratulations to both of them. Uh, next up, we have the Gulitzer Prize for Best Individual Game Performance. And the nominees are Avante Maddox for his performance against the Rams, in which he uh, surprisingly started on the outside, had an interception, the game-winning pass breakup, and that tackle to keep Todd Gurley in bounds on the final drive. Nick Foles in Week 16 against Houston, in which he threw for 471 yards and four touchdowns for a 120.4 quarterback rating. Alshon Jeffrey in the game against the Rams when he had eight catches for 160 yards. Zach Ertz against the Dallas Cowboys in which he had 14 catches for 145 yards and two touchdowns, even though the Eagles lost. And finally, Fletcher Cox in the regular season finale against Washington in which he had three sacks as the Eagles pitched a shutout. I'm going to go with Nick Foles against the Texans. Deshaun Watson was electric down the stretch, especially in that game. It turned into a shootout, and uh, Foles was able to match him and put together a historic game. He gets the Osprey. Well, in your opinion, we'll see what the No, he does. He does. I, if somebody else wins, I will steal it out of their hands. You're going to pull a Kanye like... Uh... The, that whole thing at the Grammys? I will take it to wherever Nick Foles is playing this next year. All right. And the Osprey for best individual game performance goes to Nick Foles for his performance against the Texans. You don't you have to commit a uh, felony. Well, for, for this thing, but yeah. <laughs> All right. The last two awards. Phew. The Chickadee Defensive Player of the Year Award. And the nominees are Malcolm Jenkins, Fletcher Cox, Michael Bennett, Avante Maddox, and another. this is another award where that's a four-person category, and it's filled out by Nigel Bradham. I mean, has Avante Maddox been a candidate and nominee for every award? I believe he may be the most nominated player tonight. Fletcher Cox, that's easy. Do you know who won this award last year? Fletcher Cox or Malcolm Jenkins? It was Malcolm Jenkins last year. Well, good. Well, the Chicka Defensive Player of the Year goes to Fletcher Cox. A long time coming. Congratulations to him. Finally, we have the uh, final award of the night, Shield. What a Mm. night it has been. Sad to see it end. The Emperor Penguin Award for King of the Season. And the nominees are Malcolm Jenkins, Fletcher Cox, Doug Peterson, Zach Ertz, and Nick Foles. It's a tough one. Fletcher Cox was their best player. Spoke about Malcolm Jenkins earlier. Zach Ertz breaks the receptions record for tight ends. Mm. When you think back on the 2018 yeah. Eagles season, 
Who is the first person that will come to mind? Mm. I don't know if that's how the Academy does it, but I think that's a fair way to, to look at it. Well, I think it definitely is Peterson or Foles. I think it, you can definitely make the case for Peterson that, as we have, that we learned a lot about him down the stretch when things weren't going well. The, the culture was strong. Uh, he kept everyone together. You feel good about him going into 2019 and beyond. But I think the way you phrased it, I'll think about, hey, Carson Wentz went down. Nick Foles came in, played really well in those final three games. We saw good Nick, got him into the postseason, led the game-winning drive against the Bears. I think it's going to be Nick Foles. And the Emperor Penguin Award for King of the Season. The 2018 Eagles season goes to... I don't believe this. Nick Foles. Why didn't you believe it? I was trying to build up the suspense. Of the oh, moment. okay. All right. I thought there was like some mishap. Oh, yeah, I was trying to maybe like fake pull a Warren Beatty or something like that. Yeah. But uh, okay. yeah. All right. Yeah, I think you're. I think you said it all. You, you can make a case for Doug Peterson. You could even you could make a, a, a case for Ertz. But uh, when you think of this season, you will you will think of Nick Foles. Mm. Very good. All right. Well, you know, as always, we run over on the on the award show. But uh, thank you all for listening and uh, enjoy the Super Bowl, everybody. Thank you for uh, paying attention throughout the season. We have a few uh, listener awards that you can tweet at us. Let us know what your favorite episode of the season was. What your favorite moment of the season was. What your favorite recurring segment. Of the year is, and a final congratulations to our our grouse of the year, a back-to-back winner, Kirk Cousins. Uh, Shiel, thank you for uh, for hanging in, and uh, we will uh, we'll talk to you later. Yes, we will. For Shiel, I'm Bo. A happy Ospreys to you all. We will see you in a year for the third annual Ospreys. Hopefully, we're selling out a big-time venue. And as always, for Sheila and Bo, and we love you.